You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I think us as podcasters are artists. Brazilian Tire, we're artists, right? We're like the Bob Ross of podca- <laughs> uh, podcasts, aren't we? Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, Brazilian tie. <laughs> so Saturday night, um, I, ended, I did some announcing. The Red Deer College Kings, some ACAC hockey against uh, the State Trojans. And I had the most legendary slip-up in maybe hockey announcer history. So <laughs> one of the uh, RDC players had a penalty, two minutes for slashing. Well, me and my masterful control of the English language announced over the PA two minutes for flashing. (laughs) Did he get any beads? (laughs) Join two and out for CFL fantasy and CFL pick them and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick them.cfl.ca. The player didn't get any beads, but I got beads in when I went to New Orleans. Uh, a guy, <laughs> there was, <laughs> there was a dude. He was on the balcony on Bourbon Street, and he goes, "Hey, nice beard!" And then he throws me some beads. I still have them. <laughs> I'm glad you qualified that story. <laughs> We're on the back end of another triple header in the CFL, and I got to say, I'm loving these triple headers. But we start uh, Friday night. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Montreal Alouettes 31 14. Um, yeah, it's a three score difference, but the game, uh, it probably wasn't as dominated by Winnipeg as maybe the score indicates or people thought they might have dominated. Uh, Montreal, but this has to be a game that helps Matt Nichols get a little bit of that confidence back. 18 of 25, 256 yards and a touchdown. And the big thing here, no turnovers. And I, I think we've seen it from the past, in the past that Matt Nichols, he was completely fine with throwing the ball away if, if the play wasn't there. And we saw that in this one. And he, he, he had been forcing it in during this uh, four-game mm-hmm. losing streak, but he sort of got away from it in this one, which is a good thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, forcing it maybe because he knows Strevler's there and, and the success that he had early in the season kind of puts a little bit of added pressure on Matt Nichols. That being said, uh, O'Shea left him in for all four of these losses. Sure, he pulled him, but I mean, he got the start in all four, showing a lot of faith. Um, but yeah, 18 for 25, like you said, uh, didn't turn the ball over, takes care of the ball. It, it's Matt Nichols doing what Matt Nichols does. And, you know, they got the win. And and this is a defense that can get pressure on a quarterback. We've seen it. We've seen it. They might not, be, they might not have the sack numbers, but they get lots of pressure. I do think the big thing coming out of the game, though, is... 
Winnipeg comes out of it really banged up, and they're just coming off a bye week mm-hmm. here. Um, Nick Dembski, Andrew Harris, and Adam Big Hill all leave the game in this one. And, man, it's going to be a big week at practice, whether these guys can get back in there and be ready for Edmonton next week, because Winnipeg is desperate for wins. If they want to make it to the playoffs, they need to keep winning, and it doesn't get easy when they go to Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday night. So three star players Two Canadians banged up. That is not good news for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. No, and having Andrew Harris out. Uh, Keenan LaFrance served well in replacing, but Andrew Harris kind of makes that offense go. And, and without him, uh, the, the offense has to change. And I don't know how, like, this, that with Harris, they, they can establish a run. He, he can bruise and... You know, it, the, the defense eventually has to respect that, and it opens things up for Matt Nichols to the air. With Andrew Harris out, Keenan LaFrance isn't that same running back and, and not as prolific as Andrew Harris is, so the whole offense has to change somewhat. Um, you know, he did – Keenan LaFrance, uh, he did play well, but, I mean, he's just not Andrew Harris. And that's not a knock on him. <laughs> no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Uh, it's not his fault that he's not Andrew Harris, but uh, Winnipeg here, oh, man. So Weston Dressler comes back, and he did only have three catches, but maybe it is just uh, the presence of Weston Dressler in the receiving core that really mm-hmm. just helps that offense a little bit. They, they ended up showing a graphic, and their record with Dressler in the lineup and without him in the lineup dramatically different. It is incredible how different they play when Dressler is in there, even though he only had the three catches. Uh, The leading receiver for Winnipeg was Kenbrell Tompkins, actually. Five catches on five targets for 94 yards. Darvin Adams had three catches on five targets and the 62 yards. And, oh, man, so close to scoring that touchdown. I had uh, uh, many of those moments where... (laughs) My player was so close to scoring the touchdown. And we will get to your team. Brazilian tie, it's about time you've had a week where you get to gloat about your team. Oh, I don't wanna I don't wanna toot my own horn, but <laughs> Oh, that double J. It was looking grim though until about the last three minutes of the fourth, though. If only I could have stayed awake past halftime. Oh man, what a <laughs> game that was, and I can't wait to get to this one. I guess we should talk about Johnny Manziel, 18 of 25, 212 yards, and an interception. It wasn't the worst game, and I, I got to say, he is probably, he's getting better every time he's getting out there, but he was on the move a lot. The Winnipeg defensive line, Jackson, Jeffcoat, or not, were bringing the heat, and Craig Rowe ended up getting the hat trick of sacks in mm-hmm. this game. Although one of them, I don't know, he basically tapped him out of bounds and he got credit for the sack. So that was a little bit, uh, uh, I don't know if he should have got credit for that one. But hey, he, was he behind the line of scrimmage? He was. Did Rowe force him out of bounds? He did. <laughs> then it's a sack. They don't ask how. They just ask how many. So he does get the hat trick and has seven tackles altogether in the game. What did you think about Manziel in this one? Meh. Yeah, that's 
<laughs> like, I, mean, I don't know how else to put it. That does Unless, until he starts up. throwing touchdowns. Until he starts throwing touchdowns, it, what does it matter? Like yeah. he's not leading this offense to prolific. Like he's not like he's throwing 400 yards and and they're finishing off with runs in the red zone. Um, they're no. He's not. He's he's he he's getting yards and you know he's having some sustained drives, but he's not finishing drives whatsoever. Um, he did have six carries for 36 yards as well. So, I mean, that was good. We could see how mobile was, uh, he was. Uh, you could tell that the defensive tackles had a really hard time uh, getting to him. You're not going to arm tackle Johnny Manziel. Uh, but he he had the longest receiving play of the game. He had a 22-yard catch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe they can maybe they can get him and Pipkin into the starting lineup. There we go. Manzel's now a star receiver. Oh man, here we go. <laughs> hey, that would be a Cavis thing to do, wouldn't it be? <laughs> there isn't anything more Cavis Reed. <laughs> oh, but I mean, it's it has to do with his supporting cast as well. Um, there were drop balls. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of pressure on him, and he made some bad choices as well. Um, Winnipeg would have had, oh, they, they actually they sacked Manzel in the end zone, forced a fumble, recovered it for a touchdown, and then there was an illegal contact uh, penalty mm-hmm. on the play, which I had Winnipeg's defense. I was choked about that one, but that play really never should have happened from Manziel, but I mean, he is getting better every time out, and I, I guess that's the most positive uh, words I can say right now about his game. Yeah, but I mean, Pipkin was winning football games. Yeah, I guess that's a difference, Not, and he threw some touchdowns. Yeah, but I, I don't think it matters at this point. Um, you know, they they really needed to win these two games as well as those. Like they needed to get on a hot streak to have a shot at the playoffs, and I think it's all but done now. So now we're just in garbage time, and we'll see what Manzel can do because they're like they're going to play they're going to play teams that are going to be fighting for playoff spots and everything. So these, the games are still meaningful for the other teams. They're going to want to win, so he's going to be facing uh, defenses that want to get the job done as well. It's not like it's September in major leagues, and it's two teams that have a hundred losses. Watch him throw for 450 yards on Calgary in a few weeks. Yeah, against like all their third stringers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Derek Dennis on Twitter already said that's the only game he's worried about the rest of the season. <laughs> why would De- Why would Dennis be aware? He doesn't have to go against them. <laughs> it's It's funny to see a player admit that. Maybe they'll do like what we do in slow pitch. Um, maybe all the offensive linemen will play defense, and the defensive linemen will play offensive line. It's like when we pull in all the all the guys into the infield and put all the girls in the outfield when we're up by like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's maybe Calgary got Dave Dickinson back in there. I think Claybrooks could probably still play. <laughs> Jeff Garcia looked like he could still play oh, a couple weeks ago. He looks like he could yeah, I would not wanna I would not want to fight him. No. He no. would work me. <laughs> it would be two hits, him hitting me and me hitting the ground. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the first game of the triple header on Saturday. You know what? I think the triple headers this year have been a massive success and I think they're coming at the right time because after Labor Day, the intensity is awesome. The refs 
are, I mean, they're over their early season issues. I think for the most part, it was awesome football to watch all Saturday long, and all the games were decided by seven points or less. And as far as Pickham goes, this is the first week where uh, I went 4-0, and but you will never believe me because I didn't uh, get that uh, Ottawa pick in on pickem.cfl.ca in time, but I did say it on the podcast. Uh, 28-15, the Ottawa Red Blacks won this one uh, over the Edmonton Eskimos, and uh, our, our thoughts going out to our friends in Ottawa. I know a lot of people there without power right now. I guess after the tornado couple of them ripped through mm-hmm. on Friday night. It's it's almost kind of crazy that they were able to play this game altogether considering the damage and the, the power outages that were happening in Ottawa and still are. Yeah, it's cra- and it's going to be a while. Um obviously, yeah. I mean it takes a lot of it takes a lot of infrastructure and a lot of work to to keep a city that size running, so you know, hopefully every, everybody that, you know, needs power uh, as a way to get it or, you know, find a place that has it and can can uh, stay there. And I've seen lots of posts with people, you know, cooking food and just posting it and being like, you, you can come over here, charge your stuff, have a shower, I don't care, don't need to know you, uh, door is open. So, I mean, That's it, awesome. it, it's bringing a community together as well, which is a kind of a, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here, uh, a blessing in disguise. Right, a, a blessing in disguise is, is it, it, it brings a community together. People that don't even know each other end up talking and meeting, and then you might never see that person again. But um, you know, it's just just uh, reinforces that family aspect. That not only like us as a country and civil and you know uh, community, but the the league trying to you know bring in diversity of strength. Well, it, it doesn't matter uh, who you are, or where you're from. If if you need help, uh, there's going to be people out there willing to give it. So, man, Ottawa probably could have won this game by a lot more. But was it three touchdowns that ended up getting called back to the penalty? Like, mm-hmm. man, they were trying to give this game to Edmonton, but Edmonton just couldn't take it and run with it at all. How about – what does Lewis Ward got to do to get a player of the game around here? Uh, 10 for 10? Throw a, throw a touchdown? <laughs> The poor guy goes seven for seven for the second time this season. It's absolutely unheard of what he's doing. He's on an incredible streak right now. I believe he's only four or five field goals. Uh, uh, his streak is over 30 right now. I think Rene Paradis has the record for 39 consecutive field goals. And the way things are going, Lewis Ward, uh, he's coming up on that record, and he's a mm-hmm. rookie. Yeah, nothing like 22 points from your kicker. Yeah, no kidding, like, man. Holy crap. And the, so the offense didn't even need to play when they would have won 21 to, yeah. to 15. Like, yeah. he, he probably should have been player of the game. Um, but, I mean, a couple guys on the offense put up unreal numbers as well. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong with whoever got picked. Yeah, it is hard to argue with William Powell, who had 23 yeah. carries, 147 yards. Brad Sinopoli had six catches on 113 yards. Just a smart receiver finding mm-hmm. that pocket in the zone, and that's what I, I think a lot of people thought would happen in this one, and that's exactly what Sinopoli did, and there were 
two broken up touchdowns as well. Sinopoli could have had a massive game, uh, even bigger than he already did. Uh, Greg Edlingson had the winning touchdown at the end of the game, four catches. 42 yards, Spencer at 89 yards, Harris, uh, RJ had 51 yards, and Trevor Harris, I think he played okay, 23 of 30, Mm -hmm. 313 yards, a touchdown and an interception, some beautiful throws, there was a scary moment when he ended up leaving the game, and I think we know if Ottawa loses Trevor Harris, then uh, they could probably kiss their season goodbye, so they do need to keep him healthy. (laughs) That, That is an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> um, his second straight game with 300 yards or more. Uh, but next week he's going to throw for like 160 with three picks. Then right? It could happen. He's got two in a right. row now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we're getting dangerously, dangerously close to him falling off the cliff for a couple weeks. Now, uh, so I don't even know where to go with Edmonton because they're, they're kind of. Uh, <laughs> They're an inconsistent team, too. Uh, Mike Riley Mm -hmm. is 27 of 41 for 276, a touchdown and an interception, which is kind of... Kind of mediocre for him. Uh, Martise mm-hmm. Jackson makes his Eskimo debut. He actually had a carry for a yard, but they were getting him involved on the offense as well, which I thought Toronto probably could have done more of. Jackson's brand new to Edmonton. He had two catches for 44 yards, and... I think he made a bit of a difference in the return game as well. He averaged 19 yards on punt returns. So uh, that's that's a big improvement uh, to what Edmonton has seen in that aspect of their game for a little while. Uh, and the, and the, the return teams still need a little bit of work. Um, you know, he, he gets he gets ahead of steam and gets going, but he's got nowhere to go. Uh, yeah. you know, not really not a lot of holes open up for him, but, I mean, the, the field position – uh, was a lot better than what they've been getting uh, for the most part. And like you said, being more involved in the offense here than he was in Toronto, uh, you know, with uh, with James Wilder Jr. there, it's kind of hard to justify putting in Martise Jackson for a couple downs when Wilder yep. can basically do whatever you ask of him. Uh, but it is nice to see him get touches and, and get that chance to, to be a regular player in a lineup. I do wish that Duke Williams catch counted, though. Oh, man, (laughs) that was something else. He had 10 targets, but they were only able to connect four times for 65 yards and a touchdown. If that catch counted, oh, that's catch of the decade almost. (laughs) Yeah. Again, it's Duke, so you would expect nothing less. Yeah. I I do kind of want to talk about the CFL draft a little bit here because – the way that Kwaku Boatang is playing mm. is absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. And I have to think the next time that this guy is getting close to free agency, he's going to come really, really expensive. Uh, three sacks in this one. And he was, what, a fifth round pick? Yep. Uh, and here's the thing. I believe he was 41st overall. How does that happen? I know he probably had uh, a combine where he, he struggled there. But, I mean, we look at if we look at just the first overall picks from the last few seasons, it is not pretty. And sometimes even if no. you just look at the first round, it's not really uh, the prettiest thing. So Mark Chapman... 
the Tiger Cats trade to get him first overall, and now it looks like he's going to go to that spring league in the States. So they might never see him in Hamilton. And the way Kwaku is playing, that's a first overall pick talent. Uh, last year, mm-hmm. Faith Akakity goes to the Bombers. Not even in the league, he ends up or he ends up getting cut. Josiah St. John uh, for Saskatchewan the year before that. He well, I guess he's on the roster. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's after holding out because he wanted more money because he was so good. Yeah, because he was so so good. Um, and then in 2015, Alex Mateus. You know what? He's playing for the Ottawa Red Blacks, so I, I guess that one mm-hmm. worked out for them. But, man, the first overall picks are just not working out, and that just shows some of these Canadian guys, They, I don't know how, they fall down the draft so, so far, and then they just become some of the most important players on your team, and Boateng is definitely one of them. I I would love to see him in a different shade of green. <laughs> oh man, have you seen him, Willie, and Charleston on the same team? You kidding me? Yeah, well, then I could play quarterback, so I wouldn't need to score any points because Zach Kalaros is already doing that. But um, <laughs> we we see it every year. Guys, guys fall in the draft, and and it could be poor combine showings. It could be uh, you know a couple bad games, or people see a flaw in their game. Um, but, you know, guys like Boateng just show that, you know, one bad day or a bad game or a couple flaws can be worked through. And, and now he's turning into a premier pass rusher in this league, and it's nice to see. It would nice to be, it would be nice to see other teams figure out um, what to do with their running game here. Because look <laughs> at what Ottawa does when they get William Powell going. Um, mm-hmm. When he gets over 100 yards... They're almost unstoppable. And usually if your runner gets over 100 yards, it's because you're having a really good game. But they're giving them the carries. 23 carries. There are some backs in this league that don't get the uses that they deserve. And Powell is definitely getting what he deserves, man. Because, uh, well, now he's got the league lead. In uh, in rushes, he passed Harris uh, after this one. If Harris didn't leave the game early, um, they probably would be a little bit closer. And I- I'm thinking of BC here. The fact that they won and what Jeremiah Johnson had five carries in regulation, I'm just not getting it. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, if if you can run the football successfully, at, and you know on first down, make it second and short, second and manageable. Uh, you control the clock, and, and when you have the football, the other team can score if you take care of the football and you're able to, to bleed that clock down and, um, you know, set up the run. You set up everything off the run game, and, and it just seems the offense is a heck of a lot more successful. And I I think, though, with three downs, it, it makes it a little tougher. Uh, you don't want to be in a lot of second – you don't want to be in a lot of second and nine, second and eight situations, but um, I – I don't know. It's just there is backs in this league that that are absolute workhorses, and they don't get the touches, and it just doesn't make sense to me. And then, then then the coach in the in the press in the post game presser just, oh, we just couldn't execute. Well, no, you you got to let your playmakers play, and and a lot of them don't do that. 
and we go to the other running back for the Eskimos here, uh, CJ Gable. And uh, Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast tweeted, uh, that's four turnovers inside field goal range in the last four quarters mm-hmm. on the road. Um, CJ Gable did have himself a fumble in this one. The Eskimos need to figure that out. They're giving away the ball a little too much in the, uh, the offense consistently. And we saw it in this one. There were some incredible punts by Leone in this one. They're consistently working with a long, long field, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it does them no favors at all. No, and we see it in Mike Riley's stats. He puts up a lot of numbers. Uh, you know, receivers getting a lot of yards. The rushing game went effective. Well, I mean, six, six rushes, 52 yards, that's effective running. But, I mean, with that average, I don't know why Gable's only getting six touches. Um, I get it. They, they were down, but... Um, you know, when you got to drive like when you got to drive the length of the field, it eats up clock. Uh, you you know you're on there for a long time. If you come away with nothing, it's pretty deflating um, to an offense. So if they can figure out the the re- or not the receive the returning game, uh, it could go a long way and, and you know give these guys some shorter fields. We might not see the huge numbers that we're accustomed to from this offense uh, stats wise, but. If you only got to drive half the field, it makes life so much easier for your offense. The the Chris Edwards penalty uh, came really late in this one. He almost made it. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Close, but no cigar for... <laughs> <laughs> for Mr. Chris Edwards. Uh, before we get to, to the next two games in the Super Saturday Triple Header, saying thank you to ATB Financial today. And I think this is really cool what they do. I think us as podcasters are artists. Brazilian Tire, we're artists, right? We're like the Bob Ross of podca- <laughs> uh, podcasts, aren't we? <laughs> and artists. If you're an artist, you don't make uh, all that much money, or at least uh, the income's not coming in regularly. So what ATB has is the ATB branch for arts and culture. Uh, And this is really cool. It's it's a bank. It's a music venue, a creative space. You can go there. You can network. You can meet other people. You can learn. But they know how it goes for artists, and I really think this is cool. It's a big networking and career development hub. They've got one in Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, for creators, by creators, the ATB branch for arts and culture. You can get more information on that at atb.com slash the branch. Now we go to Toronto. A Brazilian time. Dying to know what you're thinking here. Zach Caleros, what did you think of his game? <laughs> Meh. <laughs> Come on. Like- it, 233 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Not the greatest game he's ever had. Um, they lost because Madero. They, they lost because Madero's missed two field goals. Let's be honest. You know what? When people say that, though, it's almost like uh, they discount what the offense did in the first half. Big <laughs> like, Pen's run didn't count, and uh, the well, touchdown no, passes but- didn't count. But, That's not what I'm saying, but they got up and then they they didn't keep their foot on the pedal. 
Well, I th- yeah, I do think Toronto's defense slash Saskatchewan's offense in the second half was not what it was mm-hmm. in the first half. 100% no. there. And Caleros did only have the 56% completion percentage. So that is not that that's not good but there was a, a drive no. in the in the second quarter where it almost looked like 2015 Zach Caleros to me yeah. Compl- completed uh two beautiful passes to Naaman Roosevelt and then uh, capped it off with the touchdown pass to Jordan Williams Lambert and the Riders win this one 30 to 29 and that drive made me think whoa Maybe he is back uh, a little bit here, and I don't know. Is is he shaking the rust off game by game? Is it a half by half, a drive by drive thing with Caleros in this offense? But it, it makes makes me wonder here why they don't get Figpen the ball more. I was I was thinking that when I was looking at stats and doing everything up this morning and last night. I was like, he only had four carries. Like and yeah. they, they targeted him three times. He didn't catch any of them. Um, so in all reality, he could have had a maximum of seven touches. And he is like, I don't know why Trey Mason's still getting the ball. Like Thigpen makes things happen. Um, you know, if he can bounce a run to the outside, it, it's an extra five ten yards. And like we see all we saw last night, it's an eighty five yard touchdown. Uh, this guy needs to be in the lineup and be used regularly if you want to see. Uh, see this offense be more uh, consistent. Like, get, give him the ball. Let, let's establish the run. Let, you know, that gives Kalaros a chance to maybe work off a little play action and, you know, go take shots downfield. Like, 14 to 25 for 233, that that percentage is crap. Um, the, the yard total isn't the best, but, I mean, 14 completions is not bad. He did throw two picks. One was a pick six. Like, there's still warts here, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know what'll fix them. But I mean, they're only two—they're only two games back of Calgary, so I mean, they're, they're going to host. They have a chance to host the West Semi, and with an offense like this, I never thought that would be a possibility. Yeah, th- this game became really big when Edmonton lost to Ottawa, and Edmonton—they mm-hmm. needed that Ottawa win to get that home playoff game, and. That home playoff game, that West Semi is it's almost the best place to be because you never know what you're gonna get with Calgary. Sometimes that buy in the playoffs screws you. Sometimes it, it really doesn't and it's beneficial. But a lot of times you get that home playoff game in the semifinal, you win it, and then you go to the final with all the momentum and it can really help you and take you to the Grey Cup. So, I mean, you look at the Riders. When they last won the Grey Cup, they were hosting the West Semi and went to Calgary, beat them there, and then won the Grey Cup at home. So uh, the, mm-hmm. it, it can be really, really nice to have that semifinal at home, but if we look at Marcus Thigpen's stats. He's got 43 carries on the season for 383 yards. His yards per carry average is 8.9. <laughs> yeah, but, but let's not give him the ball on a consistent basis. No, I don't know if Jones is trying to keep him fresh. He's a veteran guy, Maybe. Uh, 32 years old, and if he is... Now's the time, I think, to let him loose because there's only about five, mm-hmm. six more games left in the season. They've got to make things happen here because 
He's had two rushes of over 80 yards this season. Maybe it's teams not expecting it because they've had Mason in there, and this is a bit of a change of pace when Thigpen gets in there, man. But, wow, he's basically scoring a touchdown on 10% of his carries and almost nine yards a carry. So I, I you have to keep him in there. Yeah. Uh, like I, I don't understand. I, I, I know that like, I get the whole wanting to keep him fresh. Uh, you know, not not overuse them, but if you winning football games is is a priority. I don't think keeping guys healthy. I'd rather I'd rather go into a final with somebody getting hurt. Um, you know, in the game before because we're trying to win that game. I'm, I don't worry. I'm, I don't worry too much about the next game. I'm worried about winning the one they're in. Now, uh, Naaman Roosevelt, I think this is probably his uh, biggest game of the year. Uh, five catches, 105 yards. Uh, the next closest receiver is Shaq Evans with 58 yards. Um, but Jordan Williams-Lambert, two catches, 17 yards, and two touchdowns. He's got a pretty high, uh, I think, touchdown percentage lately as yeah. well. I did want to see more from Kyron Moore. One catch for 25 yards. It was about three yards from a touchdown. And that hurt my fantasy team as well. Come on, because I took Mike Jones out. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good. That was a good move. That was totally a good call. I, I guess to talk about Toronto, uh, Macbeth, thirty-two of forty-four, three hundred and twenty-one yards and an interception. So showing that, yeah. You can move the ball against the Saskatchewan defense. James Wilder Jr. only had nine carries for 48 yards, but he also had uh, seven catches for 74 yards, and this basically all came, I think, in the third quarter. I don't know what happened, but in the second quarter, it almost looked like Wilder may have been sat on the bench. Uh, they put in Brandon yeah. Burks. He had five carries for 24 yards, and he also had uh, two catches, I believe, Burks had, only for the one yard, so that didn't really uh, work out. But Burks, if you remember, had the touchdown of the preseason, and I know it was the preseason, but this guy's got speed, he's got talent, and Wilder has been struggling the entire season. This isn't really a, a new thing for James Wilder this season. After last year bursting on the scene, he holds out in the offseason, wants more money, and maybe he deserved it judging off the performance from last season, but I don't know if he gets himself another raise the way this year's going. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in professional sports, you're, you're paid for what you've done. Yeah, you uh, are, yep. With contracts. Uh, you know, The one league that's starting to buck that trend is the NHL, where they're not... The, the best case right now is, is William Nylander not giving him the amount of money he wants because he hasn't proven or like they, they don't know what his ceiling is yet, right? So they want to pay a lot less, and it's the same thing in football. The only thing with football is it, your career could be over that night. Um, so guys, yeah. guys want the financial security, which which is tough um, for teams to, to dole out that money, uh, not knowing what they're going to get um, as, as a player gets older. Uh, that being said, James Waller Jr. is by no means old for football, but 16 touches as one of the premier backs in this league just isn't enough. No, uh, it, it just really isn't. But at the same time, he hasn't been getting it done. In this one, uh, to be fair, he had over five yards of carry. And, I mm -hmm. mean, if you're getting five yards on first down, that is a pretty good spot to be in uh, for your 
offense. Uh, S.J. Green, six catches for 106 yards, including that play in the first half where he fought to get himself mm-hmm. uh, down to the goal line with uh, Nick Marshall there. And I, I don't I don't get it. Uh, sometimes when defenses just have these uh, coverage breakdowns, a receiver... <laughs> <laughs> Toronto number 19 should never be left that wide open. Yeah, well, neither should Hamilton's number 12, but that's a story yeah. for another time. <laughs> but he was, and he made it happen. He ended up leaving the field a little bit. Looks like maybe his back was bugging him a bit. But uh, I think S.J. Green still one of the premier receivers in this league. Um, I I gotta mention Deron Carter one target, no catches. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long until that becomes an issue in that dressing room? Two weeks. <laughs> oh, I'll take the under. <laughs> Oh, Duran, Duran, Duran. And then it looks like they had him sitting on the bench as well. Uh, nothing happening yeah. for him there either. Yeah, and Tressman tries to sugarcoat and say, oh, it's just, he's not ready. He's not ready to get all those targets yet. Then why is he in your lineup if he's not ready for a workload yet? He's been there for, are you, for three weeks. Like, why are you putting him in the lineup if you're claiming he's not ready? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Waste of a spot, man. Absolutely, it is. Like, give me a break. He's You don't. If he's not, they're saying he's not ready for the workload, but he's ready to play. So I get that. That maybe he only knows a little bit. You know, he's still working his way into this offense. If that's the case, find some. There's there's guys in your practice roster that, or you know, that maybe you've you've overlooked that can play and can actually be an effective player in this offense because right now Duran Carter isn't and you're wasting the spot on him. Seven penalties between the two teams for 75 yards. So this game I thought flowed very well and it came down right to the very end. But Zachary Medeiros missed two field goals inside of three minutes. Two of them. uh, One from 36, Mm -hmm. one from 51. You can't fault him there, but Brett Lowther Three for three with a 56-yard field goal (laughs) to uh, go ahead for Saskatchewan in this one. We've seen Medeiros. He has the leg to kick a field goal from from where Lowther did, for example. His accuracy isn't very good. No. He hit the upright a couple weeks ago on a game winner. He missed last night. He missed two last night in the span of under four minutes, like, you need to figure this out or you're going to be looking for work. Yeah, and it might be happening uh, sooner rather than later. Um, however, however, it was better than last week in the NFL with kickers, so I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough one uh, down oh, yeah. there. O- only 11 <laughs> missed field goals in the morning games. Like, hola. In the morning games. That's incredible. Yeah. So 11 missed field goals, 6 missed converts, and 2 kickers got fired. <laughs> But they're good enough to play in the NFL, right? That's funny how that yeah. works. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the standings in the East as they stand right now, Toronto at 3-9, and nine, Montreal at 3-10. and ten. Um, They are probably, well, 
I don't know. Can we say they're 100% going to miss the playoffs? I, I think so. Uh, both of those teams are six points behind BC and Winnipeg uh, in this one. So I think we can say with almost a lot of certainty that we are going to see a crossover again this season. It's just going to come down to BC and Winnipeg. And you know what? BC is only two points behind Edmonton with the game in hand. So, <laughs> And two home games left. So don't count BC out there. Three They're five and left. one at home. They got three home games left this year. So that puts them at nine and six. They win one on the road, and they're at ten and eight. Wow! So big win for Saskatchewan. Let's talk about that BC game. Which, holy man! I guess we saved the best for last. The BC mm-hmm. Lions win in overtime. The first overtime game of the year, thirty-five, thirty-two. Oh man! And it was just a beautiful game. Neither Jonathan Jennings or Jeremiah Mazzoli turned the turn the ball over at all. And I think that's a big thing for both of these quarterbacks in this one, considering who Jeremiah Mazzoli had at receiver. Uh, they're without Jalen Saunders, Brandon Banks. And I think Chris Williams only got in the lineup for one game. Uh, but there's a veteran receiver that you're not without here. And, it was good to see John White do what he did. Uh, he got himself a lot of carries, 19 carries for 62 yards. And the only thing I like about that is that uh, they didn't abandon the run, and he, he scored himself a touchdown. He had two catches for 17 yards on top of that as well. I'm just a fan of John White. He's a, he's a hard worker. I think a lot of veteran guys would not sit on the practice roster and work and work and work until they get back into the lineup. Alex Green was out. He was able to come in and have himself a nice game in this one. You had John White in your lineup, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> I did yeah. talk to my guys. <laughs> I up. wonder. But I wonder how I could tell. I also want to mention um, him because sometimes I think June Jones is a little too open. You know, I I, I like when. I like when players and coaches are honest, but he said in the mid-game interview that, oh, yeah, we were looking to trade him, and we were actually going to trade him to BC, but uh, no, we kept him around. (laughs) Who says that? (laughs) I thought that was straight up bizarre that he said that. That is ridiculous. (laughs) I... I'm so mad at myself for turning it off now. And didn't he... He said... Well, he tried this with Manziel earlier, didn't he? Or who was it earlier this season? We're going to trade so-and-so by the end of the day. That is a great question. We have to go back and look. It actually might have been another another player. uh, But he's like, oh, we're going to trade so-and-so by the end of the day. Uh, (laughs) And I'm sure the other GMs are like, well... uh, We'll just wait and maybe uh, get him for nothing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Can't find any trading partners. We'll just try to sign him for and not have to give up any assets. <laughs> so Mazzoli, uh, let's start with the the Tiger Cats. Nineteen of twenty five for three hundred and eleven yards. Mike Jones, the leading receiver, three catches for one hundred and thirty eight yards and two touchdowns, including a big touchdown. 
Well, <laughs> he had two big touchdowns. I guess we should say they speaking, weren't. They speaking weren't, of guys who were open. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so we had the the big one earlier in the game, but then with about a minute and a half left, he ends up uh, scoring the big touchdown to put the Tiger Cats ahead. And uh, when we all thought the Tiger Cats were in a good position, Tasker, five targets, five catches for 77 yards. And that's about the extent of Hamilton's uh, pass offense in this one. And how about the little bit of deja vu there? A uh, kick return getting called back due to a flag at BC mm-hmm. Place for the Tiger Cats. Uh, I'm sure some Tabby's fans triggered. Little, yeah, a little bit twitchy at that one. <laughs> but what's with the kick return factory in uh, Hamilton? It feels like they went straight from Chris Williams to Brandon Banks to now they have Addison here who looks like a fine returner himself. Uh, that's a great question. Now, well, I mean, at first, I would my guess would have been Reinbold. Uh, yeah, but now yep. he's now now he's gone. But I, I think the a lot of the guys are still there, and and a lot of the same schemes. I would assume that you, you don't want to come in and change too much on on that special teams unit because it's worked for so long. Um, but yeah, they they just they have a way of figuring it out and, and making the return game work for them, and it's awesome. Uh, Jonathan Jennings didn't really have that much going until. Like I said, the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, he goes 32 of 47 for 346 yards, three touchdowns. What I want to mention about the Lions offense, and I'm just not, I don't get it. Jeremiah Johnson had seven carries for 25 yards, and I believe two of those carries were in overtime. Why is your starting running back not getting the ball at all? If you're going to do that with Jeremiah Johnson, why not do it with Chris Rainey so he's not pissed off? Well, I mean, Rainey had himself four carries, but either way, it's not enough. Yeah. No. it. You could have – I don't know if it would have changed – how much it would have changed because, I mean, we know Hamilton's de- – or how good Hamilton's offense is. Uh, but, you know, Johnson, you'd like to think of him up in that upper echelon of running backs in this league. But oh, yeah. The, the – the rate of usage the last couple of weeks has just been downright atrocious. It, it hasn't been good. It's, the numbers have been low. Um, and, you know, he just shuts up and carries the ball and does his job. But yeah. he needs to get way more touches than 12 in a game. Like, come on. Yeah. I feel like Tedford's there again. <laughs> uh, the Lions ended up taking a lot of penalties that put him in the hole early. They had 10, 10 of them for 154 mm-hmm. yards. Um and then Hamilton had six for 75. I do want to talk about two big hits uh, that happened about a minute apart. And one is textbook, uh, a clean hit that allowed these days. And that was Mike Daly, uh, the safety for Hamilton with a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And then on the very next drive, Anthony Thompson for BC. When the play's over to Terrence Tolliver, basically lays the forearm into his head and smashes Tolliver. He ends up getting the penalty on that one, but you got to think Thompson is probably going to be fined uh, this week. And he also had another pass interference in this one as well. So he gave up a lot of yards uh, through uh, penalties for BC. 
Yeah, and, and stuff like what he what he did with Tolliver there. That there what why? There was no point. The the play what, was what done. What is the point? And I I will never buy into the it's an emotional game crap with stuff like that because you are literally trying to hurt somebody. Uh and it's it's not your job. To, it's your job to stop them. It's not your job. They're out there trying to earn a paycheck too. You're you're putting at jeopardy their livelihood. So I mean, it's, it's stupid. It's unnecessary. That Mike Daly hit on Collins it was beautiful. Was, that was perfect. You know, and, and Granon Collins probably got hurt. I mean, that that's gonna hurt. Yeah, but yeah. I, Mike Daly, there was nothing malicious about it. That's that's a football play. Collins knows what he's doing. He's going over the middle for that ball. And Derek Taylor even said it on SportsCenter this morning. Separated separated a couple ribs, probably, and the ball. So, I mean, <laughs> he hit him hard, but it's clean. And that's that's where, that's where you want to hit somebody is in the torso. It's really hard to get a penalty that way. Yeah, he, he got his head out of the way. He laid the shoulder yeah. into his midsection. I, I thought it was, a, it was a great hit. No, was and, and just the contrast perfect. between uh, the two hits on this one. And we talk about mm-hmm. player safety all the time, but... In that situation, it's up to the player, man. Like, there's only so much you could do for equipment and rule changes and all this garbage. Yeah, but it's up to the player. The player needs the players need to change, right? Um, like, and that yeah, might take I, I a generation. Well, we're still seeing people getting thrown out for targeting in the NCAA, so it might take a little longer than that. Yeah, um, you know, we we talk about how. Especially in hockey, uh, you know, guys will turn at the last second and get hit from behind while they need to protect themselves better. Uh, and in football, there there is some of that as well. You know, be, bracing yourself for hits and, and such. Yeah. But the stuff like the Tolliver incident, it, that the, what are you supposed to do there? Uh, that that is like you said, all on the player, um, and it's not on the player getting hit. It's on the player doing the act, like on the player hitting. So mm-hmm. yeah. It, Something needs to be something needs to change, and I don't know. You can you can find guys as much as you want. We obviously know it doesn't work, i.e., Kyrie's bear. So, um, ah, it's it's going to take a while for it to get weeded out of the game, and I don't know if it ever will. Um, props to Mazzoli for his performance again, uh, because of the experience or lack of it in his receiving core. But Jonathan Jennings was going up a pass defense that was number one. In the CFL, mm-hmm. uh, of course, they have uh, Delvin Bro, who shuts down receivers here. But the end of this game was pure Canadian football. The reason we love the CFL, um, just running through the receivers, Devere Posey had three catches, 50 yards. Brian Burnham, the hero, 10 catches, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. You paired him up with Jennings in this one. You are a fantasy genius for this week. (laughs) And, oh, man, so Hamilton takes... The last three weeks notwithstanding. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, you see, you, you still got a ways to go to get back to the top of our group as well, but this one is a is a good step back in there. We, yeah, we do no need doubt. to recap the last, I guess, ninety seconds or so of this game because Hamilton takes the lead, the big Mike Jones touchdown, and then BC they don't get it done on the next drive. Mm-hmm. Hamilton takes it over, and they could have they could have kicked a field goal. I think at least a. Tempted oh, a field sure. goal, 
or pin uh, BC very, very deep with a with a punt there. But I think this is a case of June Jones and his inexperience in the Canadian Football League getting a little cute. And let's face it. We love the Rouge. We love when teams go for the Rouge. But June's Jones probably went for the Rouge at the exact wrong time. He goes for the Rouge. Then they've got an eight-point lead. But Hamilton's defense had BC. 14 mm-hmm. seconds left. Third and seven on their 37-yard line. And they drive the field? Are you kidding me? Oh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Jennings made a beautiful throw uh, to get that touchdown to bring them within two, and then Burnham's catch on that two point conversion, unbelievable, oh, Mama. On the field, it was called incomplete, but when you look at the replay, he gets that that foot down half an inch inbounds. Unbelievable way to send that game to overtime. Mm-hmm. How that punt doesn't go out of bounds it boggles my mind. Oh yeah. Like the only argument I have is that well now we're forcing them to make two plays because they have to get the two point convert. Yeah. But you're also giving them the ball at thirty five. Well, exactly. Like that. That ball has to go out out of bounds, or you need to. Try the field goal, and that—that's a very makeable, makeable field goal for Liram Haralahu, especially indoors. And, and and then you're up by ten, and that game is over. Like June Jones out coached, got out coached a little bit in those final two minutes. Yeah, he got out coached by the master, and the master took some risks in this one too. He went for it on third and four late in the game that ended up paying off for Wally Buono. But that being said, about Liram Hyrulahu and saying we're indoors, he can make that kick. Well, he missed the field goal in overtime, a forty-two yard yes. field goal to let BC. He, it's it's still again. He had the leg for that one. Those are makeable kicks. Those are makeable kicks, and I'd, I'd rather take my chance trying to get points than knowing that the best I can do is a single. It was a fun way to end that game, no matter what happens in this one. And I guess uh, some props uh, to Davon Coleman for the BC Lions. Eight tackles, three sacks. Holy man, there were some sack tricks this week. Some defensive linemen mm-hmm. bringing the heat. Yeah, then, you know, the game, we, we say this is a passer's league. It's it's a league predicated on offense, but those defensive guys get paid too. Yeah. And uh, you they show up. I'm going to give you, uh, I guess, two minutes right now to break about your fantasy lineup, buddy. <laughs> Well, I don't want to break too, too much. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I was fourth overall in my DraftKings out of, like, 310 people, so I won $12. Hey, Woo. nice. What'd you pay? Uh, three bucks. Look at that. You're uh, so in the like green. 400, 400% profit. Nice. Um, so, Jennings, 28.4. Paired him with Burning. Burnham, who had 33, so not bad. Andrew Harris, before he got hurt, 13.4. John White at 15.9. Mitchell or Bryant Mitchell, sorry, at 16.9. Uh, my flex spot was Luke Tasker, so I obviously picked the wrong Tiger Cat, but he still yeah. got 14.7. And I had, of all teams, I had the Eskimos defense, and they got me seven points. I finished tied for fifth overall, overall. in TSN Fantasy. And, and, and like with, with everybody, because somebody picked the exact same roster I did. 
So I could have Ooh. been in fifth all by myself. But some somebody had the exact same roster I did, so we split fifth. We didn't win anything, but we tied for fifth. Well done, buddy. So I, I am on the comeback trail here with six weeks to go. I had a mediocre week. Uh, my highest scoring player, Brad Sinopoli, 17.3 points. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, no, here, let me see. What uh, what do we got here? Oh, Travis Curra. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, it's not uh-huh. bad. It's mediocre. <laughs> well, I mean, your quarterback only scored half of what mine did. Hey, I'm 4.5 running- <laughs> points out of the lead in our group, and you are 28 points out, so... Yeah, three bad weeks it took me to fall that far back. Consistency. Can slow and steady okay. wins the race. Okay, well, let's check your season then. Uh, yeah, pretty consistently awful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, did you, get a, did you get a higher score than uh, 142.6? 142.6. Um, you know, I, I, I don't... I don't go after the high scores because it, <laughs> I find that if I do that, the next week is kind of a letdown. <laughs> okay, so you're going to blow it next week then. Yeah, I'm going to pull a Trevor Harris. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. you got to check out all of the great podcasts on the network. Uh, now that NFL football is underway, check out the Tight Ends podcast. I wouldn't call Brazilian Ty uh, and I a pair of tight ends, but <laughs> you check out the well, Tight Ends podcast. Hopefully nobody Alberta takes podcast that out of context. Yeah. <laughs> and check out all the great shows, albertapodcastnetwork.com. Brazilian Ty, we'll have you back, and uh, we'll talk to you Thursday morning. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription on iTunes, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.